Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Compass Group International, and welcome to another episode of Expat Thailand. Today, I'm going to talk about the top three things in my two decades of experience in working with expats and an expat myself. These are the three biggest mistakes that expats make. And they do correlate with Thailand, but also they really, you can really use these examples for any top second world nations that are kind of catering to expats, whether it's in Latin America or Southern Europe or Southeast Asia. But these three things are common mistakes in all of these areas. So whether you want to live in Mexico or Costa Rica or in Spain or Italy or Thailand, Philippines, it applies to all of you. So number one, these are no particular order. One of the biggest mistakes that a typical, and again, this is just your regular expat, 80% of you out there can relate to this. And 80% of you fall into this category. One of the biggest mistakes that a foreigner expat can do when looking for real estate in another country is to buy a piece of land. I'm sorry to say, that's just the dumbest fucking decision you can make. Sorry to rain your parade, but here are the reasons why. I'm not going to say it's stupid. I'm going to tell you the reasons why it's a bad investment and why you are just looking at future world of just headaches. So number one, how does this, you know, actually, let me, let me back up. A typical individual when they're looking for real estate, especially when they come into a country like Thailand, they first look at condos because a typical agent is going to show them condos because it's easy to do the title transfers and also foreigners can own condos here free and clear. But then if a foreigner wants something larger like a townhouse or a single family detached home, obviously as a foreigner you can buy those too, but the process is just a little bit more complicated, uh, which most most brokers should be able to accommodate in helping you refer you to the right attorney to create a tight LLC. And then the LLC will purchase that piece of real estate, like that townhome or the single family detached home. But every once in a while, you're going to get an expat with a wild hair up their ass. And they're going to want to look for land. Because back where they came from, land is expensive. And they saw what raw land does. Like for an example, could you imagine having the foresight living in, let's just say in Las Vegas, just 20 years ago. So it's not that long ago, just 20 years ago, buying stuff way out in the Northwest Las Vegas going towards Mount Charleston. So some of you may have no idea where that is, but what I'm saying is, is back then, there were no developments. And now that northwest part of Las Vegas that's going towards Mount Charleston has some of the biggest, largest master plan communities in Nevada. So these expats think that, oh, wow, why not buy some land in Latin America, like in Costa Rica or like in Panama or Belize or Thailand or Philippines because it's cheap and it's by the water. Well, here are the big mistakes that you don't realize. In the States, if you buy a piece of land, first of all, you have great attorneys. You have laws that are going to protect you as a consumer. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, you're going to have proper appraisers. They're going to do it, appraise your property in the States correctly. As opposed to here, it's just fucking like a dime a dozen. There isn't any uh, schooling that these people really go to. Maybe some, but, but not like in the States. And also your lender is going to protect you. And then if you come from a state um, that utilizes attorneys for the transactions, they're going to protect you. But here, for example, like Thailand, if you buy a piece of land... You have a higher probability of overpaying or buying it and or buying a piece of land that is absolute fucking garbage. 
that will never ever appreciate and you will never ever be able to sell it. Here are the reasons why. You don't speak Thai. You don't speak Spanish. You don't speak Tagalog. You don't speak Italian. Because when you when you can speak the language, you can communicate with individuals properly to make sure that this land is what you want and all the encumbrances and anything that is attached to the land. Where if you don't speak the language, they're going to dumb it down as much as they can and just try to close the transaction as fast as they can. And you'll never see that agent, that broker again. Now you're stuck with a piece of shit land. Seen it not hundreds of times, folks. I've seen it thousands upon thousands of times, especially I saw it in shitty areas and remote areas in Costa Rica. Just dumb shits. Well, first of all, scamming you know, uh, landowners, selling just shitty pieces of land in the middle of fucking nowhere, promising the world with all these wonderful renderings and all the bullshit that they said that's coming you know, from, uh, from roads and this and shopping centers. It's all bullshit. And these people are just stuck with this piece of shit land can never sell. Some of these individuals, or many of the individuals, 20 years later, still can't sell their piece of shit land in places like Costa Rica. I know this for a fact. Thailand is no different. Because you can't communicate in Thai, you're not protecting yourself. So, obviously, to play the devil's affidavit, if you are fluent in the local language and or or you have a significant other that's savvy, not just some dumb shit that, that you marry that comes from some farm. I'm talking a savvy individual, educated, that's savvy, that can speak the language, and as a local, then they can protect you. Then it'll be okay. Then I'll say okay. If you, if you have the criteria, if you can speak a little bit of like Thai and your significant other is educated and truly understands the legalities of loan, owning land and, and, you know, the pros and cons, then yeah, buy it. But if you are a foreigner and you marry some Isan woman, because fuck, she'll, she, she, any type of land you buy, she, she's going to say it's great. Or he, but most likely she. Because it's very rare that a woman, a foreigner woman, is going to marry an Isan guy. There's no fucking way because they're just, they're just trash. But it's a high probability, like many, many dumb white guys do, is going to these bars, falling in love with a hooker or a bar girl that came from Isan with zero education. And then this individual that you met wants you to buy land in Isan. Telling what a great investment it is. It's the stupidest fucking thing you can do. The dumbest decision you can ever make. First of all, it's easier to be scammed too. It's easier for them, especially in these small cities, not just in Thailand, but also in other areas where the local, that individual that you married knows these individuals that are in the land department or attorneys that can easily change the title to their name. Seen it, read about it, it happens, folks. It happens. Then, so, that it's just, you know, that's just the other side. Then there are the individuals that are somewhat real estate savvy and they're like, a, like some properties, like, hey, I want to buy land, I want to develop on it. And again, just dumb. I don't care if you fucking delivered a if you if you developed a three or five thousand master plan community in like in Phoenix or Las Vegas or California, that does not translate to your success in a second world nation. Because if you don't speak the language Good luck in getting proper entitlements and permits for your property. 
Good luck in not overpaying for the property. Good luck in finding the right appraiser that's going to appraise it that didn't overappraise it because they know the landowner that you didn't know. Good luck in trying to find architects and contractors to build infrastructure or contractors to build homes. You're gonna be fucking hurting because you won't find them because you can't speak the language. So as I tell people is take away your ego because there's so many, you know, one, one of our biggest buyers in Costa Rica were actually real estate professionals. Real estate professionals still are, I would say when you look at a lot of expat destinations, real estate professionals like agents and brokers tend to rank high up there in profession when it comes down to buying property. And they're more willing to buy at risk or properties that are more risky. So even though you may be a successful broker, realtor, you've been doing it for 20, 30, 50 years, but if you can't speak the language, does not translate to a good investment in a foreign country. All you're doing is overpaying for the property and this property is probably filled with lies, over promises. Everyone's gonna under deliver. You're never gonna ever get the property. Maybe you'll get it entitled. Good luck if you do, because going to the land department is fucking hell in any country if you don't speak the language. And the third thing is good luck in trying to develop on it. Good luck in trying to find a contractor that's not gonna overcharge you or even just abandon you and leave you with nothing. Seen it in Mexico, seen it everywhere in Latin America. I've even seen it in Southeast Asia and also seen it in places like in Europe. You know, this is one of the things that, you know, people just don't realize. And again, it's just a lack of critical thinking skills. You know, here you have like CNN writing up these, these you know, these articles about buy a home, a classic 100-year-old, 200-year-old home in a small village in Italy for $25,000, for $50,000. But the caveat is you must renovate it within three years. You hear all the wonderful, great stories of people that came from California or came from fucking London, bought this thing, renovated it, and now this cute little you know, cottage, cute little home that's in a small village that's only filled with 25 people. Here's what they don't tell you. That's like the 0.1%. Here's what they don't tell you. They don't tell you about everybody else that bought these things. They can't find a contractor because these contractors are not professional and they're, they have no sense of urgency whatsoever. And they'll just tell you exactly what you want to hear. Oh yeah, the renovation? Yeah, that'll take about three months. No, it probably could take three years, if even that, if they're, if they're still around. Especially in Latin America, especially in places like Italy. They have this very lackadaisical, kind of like this, this not working very hard mentality. And, and, and that's one of the things that really, really irked me about doing business in Latin America. No sense of urgency. Everyone want to fucking do it tomorrow, next month, next year. Where Asia, people want to do it yesterday because people want to make money here. So what people don't realize is, yes, the price point may be low, but you really have to look at everything else. You're only looking at that, point, that 1%. You're not looking at the 99%. You're not looking at the other percent where you have to get pull permits. You have to find architects, find contractors, find building materials. And then, especially for those that are looking to buy those small Italian villages, what they're not telling you, there's no one fucking there. There's reason why they're abandoned. It's because all the young people do not want to live in these areas where there's nothing there. There's no grocery store. You gotta grow your own fucking vegetables and shit. Unless you want to do that, that's great. But not many of you are going to want to do that. Which comes to kind of this other mistake that people make, which is in the same category. So I'm still number one. 
which is thinking they want to buy a big piece of land and create a micro farm. That's another dumb decision. Because first of all, you have this big giant piece of property and you want to grow vegetables or grow live off the fucking land or whatever it may be. But you're in no shape to do that. If anything, you're deteriorating. Your health is deteriorating. If you're in great shape, do you think that you're going to be 80 years old wanting to work on your farm? You have to hire out. Why would you want to do that? You know, all these like fantastical ideas that people have when they come here. Like I, I had this one couple. It was, it was like a friend of a friend and, and just out of, I just humored them to talk to them. I didn't want to because I know that they don't fit in my price point. But they wanted to create like this micro farm, this live off the grill, this live off the whatever, the live off the land or um, solar panels and all that stuff. They want to do it either in Latin America, do it or do it in, in Thailand. I'm like, you guys have a great plan, but it's not realistic. It's never going to happen. First of all, you don't have enough money for it. And it's just not going to happen unless you are willing to learn the language, which you are not. So folks, scratch any of that. I don't care how fucking cheap the land is, how great you think the view is, how much bullshit they're raining on you. Oh yeah, this is coming here. This shopping center is going to be developed here. And this road is going to be paved through here. And utility is going to come. I heard all this bullshit 20 years ago in Latin America. Those pieces of land, 20 plus years later, still the same. No water, no electricity, no road. Yeah, there was some shitty road that was built in the beginning, but it all washed away from rain and erosion. The developer took the money. They're long fucking gone. Same exact thing happens. So please, don't make this one mistake. Do not buy land. I don't care how savvy you are in a foreign country unless you can speak the language fluently fluently or if you are if you have a significant other or even a partner that can speak the language fluently and is savvy not some dumb shit that you just met in a bar that's savvy then the second thing is one of the biggest mistakes that expats make is they buy a piece of property they buy a property like here in Thailand and then they only spend like holidays here, like 10% of the time. Maybe they're here for one week every three months or six months or, or they're here for a month every six months, but they're here a very short period of time. But they're, they bought this to retire in. The reason why that's a mistake is they should have stuck to their guns initially when looking for a home as their future retirement here in Thailand. They should have made the transition to be here full time. Every expat that I have seen, whether it's in Latin America, Europe, or here in Asia, that treats their home in these areas, and these are people coming from Western countries, like Australia, like in the UK, like in North America, they still are spending 80 to 90% of their time in their home country. All you did is just waste your money. I can tell you that. Save your money. If you're gonna spend less, if you're gonna spend less than 80% of your time in a foreign country, don't buy real estate. Just rent. No other broker, no other real estate professional is going to tell you that because they're mostly just pieces of shit that just want to sell you something. But I'm going to tell you that because I'm not just trying to sell you anything. I have nothing to sell you. What I'm telling you is, is that if you're going to spend less than 80% in that destination, rent. There are more than enough beautiful homes and condos for you to rent. If not renting, stay in a five-star resort. Don't go blow 300 half million dollars unless you're like super freaking rich. 
If you are super freaking rich and you can just dump a million bucks on a two-bedroom condo here in Thailand with an unobstructed ocean view that's branded, that's great because it's going to maintain its value. And because as a condo, there's no upkeep, and maybe you're only here two weeks out of the year, that's fine. But for many of you, you don't fall in that category of just being obnoxiously rich. You can just piss away money like that. I remember visiting a very, very good friend of mine in Las Vegas, and he lived in one of those beautiful uh, towers just off the strip in Las Vegas. And I remember, uh, so I went to his penthouse, and you know we had a few drinks, and then we went to go out to some sushi. And uh, here we are in a parking lot, and he, sitting in the parking lot, in the garage, was a Rolls Royce Phantom. And I think it was white color. All four, all four of the tires were flat, so that means it's been sitting there for years and years, and it's covered with dust and soot. That car new was about three hundred seventy-five thousand, close to four hundred thousand dollars. The new ones are over, like close to six hundred thousand dollars. So I'm sitting there, I'm looking, I'm like, damn, I'm like, what a shame. Rolls Royce is my favorite car. Like if I had stupid money, I would buy a Rolls Royce over Ferrari, Bugatti. Rolls Royce is just classic, iconic, beautiful piece of machinery. And he's like, yeah, it's just been sitting there. As long as I've been here, it's been sitting here. No one's even moved it. And it's obvious because all four tires are flat. So if you have stupid money like that, it's okay because you're rich. But like I said, most of you aren't. Most of you aren't. So if that's the case, save your money. Save that cash for a rainy day. Save that cash for an emergency, especially with this upcoming big, huge financial crash that most people are talking about that's probably likely to happen. That's another big, giant dip in the market because of bank runs and, and you know, the non-use of the U.S. dollar for trade. You know, with BRICS being uh, created by China and Russia, you know, the U.S. reserve currency is going bye-bye. So things are changing, folks. Ray Dalio's right. The fall of the West and the rise of the East is happening before our eyes. So save your money instead. Don't go blow it by some smooth-talking realtor or some smooth-talking broker promising the world, telling you what a great life it is, but you're only going to be there 10 or 20% of the time. Rent. Get a five-star hotel. But until you fall below that, so let's say you're going to spend maybe 25% of your time or 30% of your time, I would say, okay, that justifies owning a home in a world-class destination like Thailand. But don't do it if you're only going to be here 10, 20%. And if you do buy something, don't keep lying to yourself. Oh, I'm going to go there full-time next year. I'm going to go there full-time next year. Dude, just fucking... Suck it up, make the plunge, come here to Thailand full time, either spend money, get your Thai elite visa, or just get your retirement visa, and just sit put in Thailand. Because I, sh I shit you not, the more time you spend here, the more you fall in love with it. You're going to meet a fantastic group of individuals as long as you're not hanging out in stripper bars and, and just stupid touristy areas and hanging out with hookers. But if you're not one of those people, you're going to find some great other expats to hang out with, other local ties to hang out with. You're going to start developing this amazing community of your own. And you're going to have the time to start shaping the life that you always wanted to live. But if you're going back and forth, you're not giving Thailand a chance. And if you don't want to be in Thailand, you want to be in a place like Costa Rica, that's great, more power to you. But even Costa Rica, be there full time. Give it a chance. I guarantee you, you go to Costa Rica full time, you'll be like, fuck, this place sucks because it's so boring. I need to go to Thailand, like I did. So 
That's number two. Number two is expats never make the full-time transition to that destination and or make the mistake of buying a home when they're only going to be there 10 or 20% of the time. Like I said, just rent. Then the third and final thing, the biggest mistakes expats can do when they move to a foreign country is not properly giving it time to educate yourself and basically figure out how shit happens here, how the wheels turn, how the flow of the city is, the flow of the country, understanding the culture, understanding the people. Instead, you come to a country like Thailand and you come from a place like New York, you come from a place even like Southern Florida or California or, or London or even Sydney. You come here, you're like blown away. You're like, fuck, this is like, this is like, this is like an overload of all the sensories. Amazing food, nice people, great weather, beautiful beaches, real estate, so freaking cheap. You, you're just like, this is heaven. But you're in Pattaya. But you're in Phuket. The mistakes that expats make, and this is in every country, folks. This relates to Latin America and also Southern Europe. You go there, it is like a honeymoon stage for the first two to three to five trips. Then you buy something. And it's been, maybe it took you six months, maybe it took you a year to buy something. Then, you realize you've been there for five years. You're like, you finally got the swing of things. You, you understand the groove of the city, how it works, how it runs, how people think and what the culture and how it influences you and how you influence others. You realize that, oh, fuck. I should have never bought this property. I should have never lived in a city. Because folks, if you're coming from a place, let's just say like Huntington Beach, California, where a two bedroom, where a one bedroom condo by the beach is gonna cost you close to $600,000. And then you go to a place like Pattaya and the same exact one bedroom condo is like $100,000, $150,000. Yeah, of course it's great. Because everything about Pattaya is better than Huntington Beach. It's cheaper, there's more shit to do. But what you don't realize is you haven't spent enough time to realize of all the other provinces and areas that are better. And you only will know that by understanding the culture and befriending the locals. Another good example, let's go back to Huntington Beach. You know, Huntington Beach and Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Strip, are two fun places to be. Lived in both places. I've had condos just off the Strip on Las Vegas in one of those luxury Turnberry Towers. And Huntington Beach, right on PCH, right across the street from the pier. And when you first go there, it's great. Because then again, you're in your honeymoon stage. You're like, wow, you vacationed here. You've come here on weekends. Downtown Huntington Beach on Main Street. Oh, fuck, this is awesome. Um, you got bars everywhere. There's people everywhere. There's always shit going on. And then on Las Vegas Strip, you're within walking to the Strip to everything. You're like, this is awesome. Then you realize after a year to two years to three years, like, this sucks. God, I fucking hate tourists. Oh, it's too crowded. They're just a bunch of fucking knuckleheads, especially in Huntington Beach. More and more idiots are, are going there. That's why I moved to Newport Beach from Huntington. But you don't know that until you've taken the time to realize it. Huntington Beach is a great place to visit. But I wouldn't want to live there. The Strip in Las Vegas is a good place to visit. But I wouldn't want to live there. In Southern California, I'd rather live in Newport Beach, Dana Point, 
Sam Clemente. In Las Vegas, Lake Las Vegas, Henderson, Green Valley, Summerlin. Anything is better than the Strip. But you don't realize it because you're in a honeymoon stage. You're in a, you're in a stage of like, it just, everything is just like, it's like mind-fucking you. It really is. Because you have sensory overload. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe I live here. This is like a vacation spot and I live here. You keep telling yourself that. Then after a year, two years, you're like, oh, this sucks. I can't believe I live here. I, I, I need some peace and quiet. So don't make the biggest mistake of expats in rushing into buying something right away. Or if you are, you have to make sure you are paired up and you found a broker or real estate professional that has the experience and shares the same interest as you do. Like coming to Thailand or going to Costa Rica and finding some local agent or broker, they're going to say fucking everything is great. Say, so what do you think about this? It's great. Buy it. Oh, so how about this one? This is great too. Buy that too. It's cheap. But if you're working with a broker or a real estate professional that's an expat themselves, that's been living there for years and years, and I'm not talking about just six months and a few years, I'm talking about years or decades at a time, and truly have taken the time to understand you, this should throw up like red flags for anyone sitting down with a real estate professional. If you sit down with a real estate professional and say, hey, I'm looking for a condo. And then they, and then they say, well, so what's your budget? My budget is $200,000. Then all of a sudden, they just start rattling off places and, and want to take you on a tour. But they haven't asked you any, necessity, any necessities to understand you and your lifestyle. So are you married? Oh, is this your wife? Is this your husband? How old are you guys? What's your life like back in Wisconsin? What kind of house did you have? What was your, what'd you do on weekends? What do you do during a work week? Are you retired? If you don't mind me asking, um, are you going to be living off of a pension? Are you going to be working? Are you looking for part-time opportunities? If they're not asking you these questions to get to know you, then you are with the wrong real estate. They're not fucking professional, just dipshits trying to sell you a piece. They're just looking at their commissions. That's why, you know, I, I, I enjoy, I prefer working with more sophisticated buyers of higher net worth because they understand when I take my time and literally spend on the first phone call, two hours asking them questions about them. And I'm doing at the next conference call, maybe even the next one, before I make some recommendations. I may give some recommendations, but as I ask more and more questions, that will change until we've really nailed something down. And I'm going to give them like 10 choices or five choices because I know these individuals are high net worth and, and, and they can make a quick decision. I'll give them two choices or three choices. Most of the time, I just give them one. This is, the, this is the best one for you. Based on everything that we've been talking about in our many, many conversations that's been close to five or six hours long over the course of time, this is the best property for you. This is everything that you want. And that is the mistake that expats make. That's actually number four. So that's a fourth one. Then think there's going to be a fourth one. I forgot about this one. You go online, shopping for real estate. You watch all these great videos about Phuket and Pattaya and Chiang Mai. Maybe you're some millennial and you want to live the fucking Sabai lifestyle in Chiang Mai with other digital nomads that make like $300 a month but claim they make $5,000 a month because it's complete bullshit. So you're sold online. You're watching the videos, these influencers that think, that, you know, they've convinced you that they know everything, but they've only lived there for like under a year. <laughs> and then, so they convinced you. So now you're shopping 
but real estate, you're looking at Facebook Marketplace, you're looking at listing, you're joining different groups, you're going online, looking at websites, then you, then you contact an agent. You contact maybe a couple agents. Maybe you contact a, 10 agents, but out of 10 agents, maybe only one or two would get back to you because most of them are just idiots. They have no follow-up whatsoever or they'll follow up with you like weeks later. Anyone that does that, folks, if you are shopping for real estate, and if it takes a week for that broker to get back to you, unless they're on vacation, or unless they're with a big, serious client, please do not work with them. That, they have already shown their true colors, that you are not important. So now you've contacted these, these, these brokers, these agents, and they sold you on something. And you come down and, and they've only sold you in that area. They haven't really asked you any questions because you told them, yeah, I've been watching videos about Pattaya and it looks great. Oh yeah, yeah, Pattaya, that's it's the best place to live in Thailand. We have tons of expats here and people from the UK, like, for, you know, like from where you're from, people from Australia, people from the United States, people from Canada. Oh yeah, you'll love it here. But they're not asking you the proper questions. So are you single? Are you married? Fuck, if you're married, there's no way your wife's gonna let you wanna let you live in Pattaya. Because she's gonna hate it there. Because every day when she's walking, she's gonna see Isan hookers everywhere. Just sleaze balls. And I'm not talking about the locals, I'm also talking about other tourists and people that live there. Sleazy areas attract sleazy people. What represents a great real estate professional is when they ask you the right questions, then they tell you your idea of Thailand, where you want to live, is skewed. They're not afraid to tell you no. They're not afraid to tell you you're making a mistake. And that is one of the cheesiest things about this profession that makes us look so bad because real estate professionals are just fucking whores. They're just, yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Let me just bend over. Yes, whatever you want. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah, that's great. Everything is great. They're just whores. A great real estate professional is going to ask you the questions and say, wait, hold on. Everything you've learned online is wrong. If you were single and you were into nightclubbing and you don't mind that seedy nightlife, you don't mind being tourist infested, you don't mind kind of the dirty beaches, yeah, yeah, Pattaya is great for you. Parts of Phuket, yeah, it's good for you. That's okay because there are people like that. There are people and more power to them. There are plenty of expats out there, mostly men, that love these cities because every single night they're at their pub, their bar, with the same bar girls that give them attention, that get, get them to buy them drinks. They love it. And it's okay. But if you're listening to this, most likely you don't fall in that category. You want something a little more sophisticated. So it's gonna take very, very few brokers to say, hold on. Based on the last hour we've been talking, the last two hours of Q&A, oh, you don't wanna be there. You wanna be here and here are the reasons why. That, folks, is what sets apart a great real estate professional and everyone else. Because everyone else is just horn for your money. Just horn for that commission. I'm sorry to be so blunt, but it's true. I fucking hate real estate professionals. I, I hate realtors. I hate brokers. I'm one of them, and I fucking hate them. Because I have been doing this for two decades, and folks, I have come across the sleaziest, biggest pieces of shit, not just in the United States, but in most other countries, that are in this profession. 
So I know. I know what I'm talking about. I have experience. I'm not just some schmuck that just started say, oh yeah, he was a teacher. I'm a teacher. I come to Thailand. I want to make some money, so I'm gonna be a realtor. No, I've been doing this for 20 plus years in multiple different countries. So that is the fourth biggest mistake that you can make is choosing the wrong broker or realtor to find your dream home. Make sure you're properly vetting them. Make sure that you have your standards. If they have not gotten back to you on time, drop them. If during the first initial call, if they're not asking you the right questions, drop them. If they are convincing you to do something you don't want to do, drop them. I've had, I've had some clients in the past, not many, rich guys, where they're set on one beach area, and I'm like, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Based on what you told me and your lifestyle, and you're single, you should be in Pattaya. You should be in Phuket. I will do that because you have to do, it's my obligation, my fiduciary duty to do what's best for the client. I have no qualms, no problems in saying no to a client and correcting them. Client may say, hey, you know what? It's like Cheng Rai looks really nice. And wow, Udon Tani, I'm reading some of the blogs and some of these people, you know, on a big farm and it's so nice and peace and quiet. Then after you get to know them, they, they live in Miami. They go clubbing like almost every single weekend. They're single. They love to be around women all the time and get attention. Fuck, you're not going to be in Udon Tani or Chiang Rai, even Chiang Mai. If that is your flavor, you love that nightlife, yeah, you want to be in Pattaya. You want to be in Phuket. You want to be in Koh Samui because they have killer nightlife there that's just perfect for you. So choose, choose wisely, folks. Set a standard. Set a standard for every single individual you're, you're contacting. If they have to meet these criteria, they don't, drop them. Other than that, I think that those are the four. I mean, obviously, initially it was going to be three. Then this fourth one came up. I'm trying to think is anything else off the top of my mind that expats make when they come to this country. I know I've, I've done a few of these uh, episodes before, and this is current uh, to April 2023. That pretty much is it. Oh, I do have one more. <laughs> Here's a fifth one. Here's a fifth one. This is for you rich guys. The fifth biggest mistake a rich expat, that means you're seven-figure earner or you have a over seven-figure net worth, big mistake that you can make is buying too many homes. Because it's so freaking cheap here. It's so freaking cheap. So like, I, I've, I've told a story a few times and now that, I mean, geez, I'm looking at my analytics and just in the last 90 days, uh, my listener base has gone up by like 300%. And mostly on Spotify. So welcome everyone from Spotify, uh, Spotify podcast. One of the mistakes that I'm glad I didn't do, but I kind of came close to doing that. So when I first came to the country, I went fucking everywhere. Bangkok, up north of Chiang Mai, went to, uh, went to Udon Thani, went to Ubon, uh, then went down south to Pattaya, Jom Tien, uh, went to Hua Hin, and then Phuket, Samoy. I mean, did everything. And because I had the money, I'm like, fuck, this place is a gold mine. I'm going to have a house in Phuket. 
I'm going to have one that's going to be like Laguna Beach that's going to sit way up in a hill with a killer freaking view of the bay. And then I'm going to have a condo like right on the beach in like Pattaya. And then I want to have a killer penthouse and right in the central Bangkok and one of the central shopping districts. And then I want to have a mountain home in Chiang Mai or up in Chiang Rai because it's so freaking cheap. Like in Phuket or Samui, you can get like a three bedroom house with an ocean view sitting up high for like 300,000 bucks. That same equivalent of Laguna Beach. That's like a $3 million home. But it's not for everyone. See, that's the biggest mistake. So as a rich person, the biggest mistake you can make is owning too many pieces of property. So let's say that you have a $2 million budget. Instead of buying four homes, I would say buy one kick-ass fucking awesome, outrageous home and then just rent and stay in hotels in the rest of the area. And that one home for $2 million, I would either recommend a killer freaking penthouse, a branded penthouse here in Bangkok or a home right on the water in Hua Hin Cha'am. That's what I recommend. $2 million bucks will buy you, it's going to be more in Cha'am, will buy you like a three-bedroom house that's about two stories with a pool. I'm talking on the fucking beach, folks. On the beach. Roughly about just under 3,000 square feet. Same exact home, California, easily uh, five, six, seven, ten million dollars The penthouse that I'm talking about for $2 million, that's going to be like three, three bedrooms, penthouse, floor-to-ceiling windows, walking distance to the best shopping, nightlife in Bangkok. Same equivalent in New York, that'll easily be five, seven, ten million dollars. Just buy one, one piece of property, one piece of property. And then the rest, so you have your home base, you have your hub. Let's say your hub is going to be in you're going to spend $2 million on a home that you always wanted that's on the beach. And then now all these other places you can rent. There are so many condos, townhouses, single family homes, and killer hotels and resorts all throughout Thailand that you can rent. There's no reason to buy. You are making a tremendous mistake by owning too many pieces of property. Unless you have assistants that constantly are on top of, on top of it and you're with the right broker. For an example, if a client were to come to me, say I have $2 million budget, I want four pieces of property. I want one in Chiang Mai, I want one in Bangkok, I want one in Hua Hin, and I want one in one of the islands, maybe in Koh Samui. I said, okay, so half a million dollars each. So it would be a, a cross between homes and condos. Let's say two houses and two condos. But those places, I would make sure, my team and I would make sure that those are located in communities and in buildings where there's basically on-site concierge, and there's a juristic, which is an on-site property manager. So he, we here we don't call them property managers. We call them juristics. Is very um, they're just on top of things, and they will do everything. Meaning, you're going to leave them with the key. You instruct them to clean your house, clean your condo at least once a month, or two times a month, maybe on the first and fifteenth. Pay your, pay your water bills, pay your electricity bills. If that is the case, then yes, get four properties. But if you don't have the help, you don't have the people, the right real estate professional that's going to direct you to the right properties, those four properties will be a fucking nightmare. Number one, if you own a house, 
Yes, gated communities here in Thailand, especially in Bangkok, are first class. They're better than most American gated communities, which are a fucking joke. Because gated communities in America, it's just a pass key and the gate opens. Anybody can get in there. No guard at hand. Where here, gated communities, there's actually people manning the gates, doing rounds every hour, every two hours. CCTV cameras everywhere. And these are homes starting at $300,000, same equivalent of a million dollars in the States. But when you get to remote locations like Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai, or even in small communities like in the beaches, like in Phuket or Samoy, security is kind of iffy. And maybe they don't have security. So the problem, and this is not just Thailand, folks. This is everywhere. Everywhere. This is Latin America. This is any... This is any travel destination. When locals see a home that's unoccupied for a long time, people talk. And there's a higher probability. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's, it's, it happens a lot in time. It definitely happens a lot in Latin America, especially in fucking Mexico. If you got a home, you got a million dollar home, and you're only there maybe like uh, once every three months, oh, it's going to get broken into. They're going to steal everything. But that's what happens. So you have a higher chance of just common theft. And then in addition to that is, it's just the upkeep. Because, I mean, Thailand is wonderful because we have fruits and vegetables, exotic fruits year-round. It's not like seasonally unless it's, you know, mangosteen and durian, which is really only during the summer. But other than that, everything, mangoes, papayas, everything's year-round, which is great. Watermelon. I love watermelon. Get that year-round and cheap. The thing is, everything grows here. So if you have a house, especially during the wet season, shit just grows everywhere. So all of a sudden, you can be gone just for a couple of months, come back, and you're like, holy shit, look at this forest that grew up in my front yard. And that's not good because if that happens and your property's unkept, it just tells all the locals, hey, I'm not home. Come break in. So that is the fifth thing expats do, which you should not do. Don't overbuy properties. At the most, have two. Two is perfect. Person has a $2 million budget and they want two homes? I'll say, perfect. I will get you a killer fucking awesome condo in Bangkok. And then I will get you a killer awesome condo on the beach or a house on the beach in one of these, one of these cities based on our Q&A based on what we've discussed and what your lifestyle is. So that is it, folks. I hope you found these things to be helpful. Please don't make these mistakes. This is, this is 20 years of experience, folks. 20 years experience of living and working in, in Latin America, in uh, you know, Pacific, other Pacific islands, in Southern Europe, uh, in Southeast Asia, and just traveling the world, and again, looking for my piece of paradise. And after all this time, I certainly didn't find Latin America and all these other places. I found it here in Thailand. And I hope you do the same. So thank you so much for joining me. Hope to see you in Thailand. <laughs>